his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan, and as always, thank you for joining me. This week, we're getting ready for holidays, and that means decorating. So, how can we prevent falls? We have some suggestions. We're also going to take a look at the job search for those over 50. Our friends from AARP are here to tell us about that. We're also going to get the details on depression. October is Depression Awareness Month. But first, we're going to start off with an opportunity for you to still enjoy a great Halloween haunted treat that's for a good cause. Joel Beatty is with the Jarrett Yoder Foundation's Patriot Center Haunted House, and he has the details for all ages to get a good scare and help out some veterans. The Jarrett Yoder Foundation is a foundation of veterans and prior community heroes that are here to serve those that have served us, uh, whether it be in the community our neighborhoods and the community overseas. My boss loves using the word community heroes because it, it covers frontliners, which is police and fire, EMT, but also those 911 dispatchers and those that are in the background helping frontliners to serve the community. And you are involved with the Patriot Resource Center of Scranton, correct? Yes, ma'am. I am the property manager at the Patriot Resource Center. I work for the Jerry Yoder Foundation, but I'm a property manager on site at the Patriot Resource Center here in Scranton. And if someone was looking for the Patriot Resource Center, where would they find you and what kind of different things do you offer there? They would find us where the old Scranton School of the Deaf is. Um, we are on the backside of the Dunmore and Forest Hill Cemeteries, right down the road from Dunmore High School and Middle School, located right next to St. Joseph's. We help any veteran. Anyone who needs any help, they're coming in and they're, they're homeless and they're needing food. We'll feed them. We'll clothe them. If they're needing a place to stay, we'll, we'll give them a warm bed. Right now, we don't have any beds at the establishment. We still have renovations in the works. But eventually, the goal is to have, I guess you'd say, one-stop shop for veterans, homeless veterans, or those that, um, like I said, have served the community to come and just have a place to feel comfortable to enjoy one another's company, to receive help in any way they need. We will eventually have um, a spot for the DAV to be to come in and help veterans establish their benefits, as well as 
places for them to stay for a couple of nights until we get them established in a, in a, in a better facility, as well as there, there'll be a, a diner, um, a cafe for people to come for breakfast or for lunch, um, or just a place to come and hang out with some community heroes, to come and hang out with some veterans. Most of the employees that work for Patriot Resource Center right now, as well as the Jerry Yoder Foundation, are veterans or are as well as veterans that we have helped rescue and get back on their feet. And of course, when you talk about the location that you're in at the former Scranton State School for the Deaf, so many people are familiar with that. And it sounds like you're really going to be undergoing some major renovations there at the facility. And good luck and congratulations with all that. So how long has all this been in process so far? Uh, Thank you. For that, and yes, Jerry Order Foundation purchased the property in March, so we've been doing minor renovations using our networking skills, I guess you could say, to get to know some of the general contractors in the area, uh, as well as plumbers. So it's been in the works since since we bought the facility. We're hoping to have it all up and running in the next few months. With winter coming, it gets a little harder, and with different, you know, with the seasons changing. But that doesn't mean that we won't operate our mission to serve those who have served the community. And of course, we're going to be telling the community about something that's actually happening there. But first, could you give us a little bit of background on the Jarrett Yoder Foundation for anyone who may not have heard of that organization before? Yes, ma'am. So the Jerry Yoder Foundation was started by my boss, Diane Yoder. She's an amazing woman. She taught her kids that if anything bad happened, to make something good of it. Her son, Jerry, was a Pennsylvania Army National Guard helicopter, Apache helicopter pilot. And his helicopter went down in 2013, and he passed away. So through that, she wanted to prove the example of turning something good in from something bad and started the Jarrett Yoder Foundation. She runs over 500 facilities in the state of Pennsylvania and operates out of nine different counties. Uh, for the last seven years and has rescued over 500 homeless veterans uh, as well as other homeless people. And here in Scranton, since March, um, there's been 60 contacted, um, 59 rescued and and rehomed since March. Uh, What's awesome for me is my first two days with her, I watched her talk to three different veterans and, and clothe them, feed them, get them a warm bed somewhere and, and, and rescue them and help them out and get them back on their feet. Joel, that's wonderful. And again, thank everyone for all of their service. And of course, our condolences to Diane. But again, it, you're right. She's an amazing woman because it takes someone with such strength to be able to take something that it has happened to her son and turn it around and is now helping so many people. That's it. It's just amazing. Yes, ma'am. It's, it's huge for me. I'm, I'm a Marine Corps veteran myself. So seeing someone, she's not a veteran, but she's worked EMT. She's a nurse. Um, she's a mother of three soldiers. The heart she has for people is just, it, it drives me to have a bigger heart for people than I have. And, and my vision and her vision are, are very close. And she's like a mother to me. We're, we're just one big family in our organization. So being able to help veterans in the way that some 
including myself, there's been times when we're out of, you know, we, we got out of the military and we, we're home and we feel lost sometimes. We don't know, we can't find our purpose and so on and so forth. So having somebody like her um, and other foundations like hers that are willing to help so passionately and, and gracefully and it, it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And getting to work with her is amazing. Well, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to introduce our listeners to you and you to them so that I'm sure we'll be able to hear more about especially the progress of the facility there at the Dunmore Scranton line that so many people are familiar with in the very near future. But I want to get into this sneak peek that you're kind of giving everybody, but it's not what's going to be there permanently in the future. You now have a haunted house. Oh, tell us about this, Joel. Yes, ma'am. So the last three weekends, um, we have ran a haunted house on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's for the whole month of October, Friday night from 6 to 10, and then Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 10, as well as a hayride on Saturdays and Sundays. But we did a nice little transformation of two of the buildings. Um, and there's, there's stories of, of some of the old students that have passed away that still occupy the space there. But on top of that, we have built a Harry Potter themed haunted house. It's all indoors. Where you, when you exit the haunted house, there's a snack bar and all sorts of stuff that you can help to contribute. A couple of sneak peeks I guess you can have is we, we have a, a werewolf. So Professor Lupin from Harry Potter. We have a dragon, which is which is really cool. Um, and then some of our, our veterans and, and those that are in Berks County, Pennsylvania, helped build us a, a giant snake. So we're, we're Harry Potter themed, but it's, it's very off-putting because there's a lot of clowns running around and there's not really any clowns in Harry Potter. But it's a blast. I have fun every night. I'll tell you a quick, quick funny story. Before our haunted house opened up, we had WNEP come in and talk to us about the haunted house. And I got on there and told them, oh, scaring middle schoolers sounds evil, but it's fun. And, and they put it on on the news that night. And, and I've been quoted on it, and some people have seen me about it. And it really is, though. So parents show up with their kids, and the compassion part of me is like, oh, I want to I want to make this less scary for a five- or six-year-old. And the dad's like, uh-uh, scare them. So then we get laughs out of parents. We get we get scares out of some of the kids. We get scares out of some of the parents too, and it's it's a blast. Um, and the best part is all of the proceeds that are going to the haunted house are going to be returned to the actors that have been helping us out. A lot of the actors are from the local colleges, uh, Penn, Penn State Scranton and Marywood and Clarkson University, and they're they're helping us help us build the haunted house. They're helping us act. So a lot of the money is being returned to them as scholarship money to help them through school, as well as contributions are going to be made to local fire departments and police departments and to the Forest Hill Cemetery for letting us use their cemetery, another sneak peek, as the hayride. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Scaring scaring the middle schoolers is fun. I like that, Joel. You need that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been told to put it on a plaque, and I, I might do that just to look at myself and laugh at myself sometimes. I'm glad to know, though, that it is, it's it's pretty much an all-ages event then, correct? Yes, ma'am, it's definitely an all-ages event. Cool thing was this weekend on Saturday, we had some rain, and Circle of Screams up in Dixon City decided to volunteer their time and 
they, they closed because of the rain, but a lot of their actors came down and helped us out and gave us some input. And we had a lot of adults go through on Saturday and we had a lot of fun with them too. There's, there's some adults that go through with their kids and the kids like, Oh, that's fake while the adult is screaming. So it's an, it's an all ages event, all ages event. And something that got near and dear to our hearts was on Saturday, we had a couple go through that attended the Scranton state school for the deaf back when it was still running. And so for them to be able to come into the facilities and, and just reminisce, but at the same time, they get a nice scare and they're contributing to the community in the way they are and helping us out. It just, it got near and dear to our hearts because it was cool to see some that have a history there come through and have fun with us and, and get scared by us and just us to communicate with them in the way we did. It, that's our mission is to help the community and, and to, to further the community from where it is now and, and having some former students in there. Well, was very, very special. Maybe even in the near future, once the uh, haunted house season is over and you get done with all your renovations, maybe an open house for all of the former students and staff and teachers there. I'm sure that that would be very well received. And of course, you'll let us know if that happens, right, Joel? Yeah, well, I'm not going to try to give anything away, but we've we've thought about stuff like that and um, we'll see what happens. That is terrific. I'm I'm just I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to catch up with you and to get all the word out about this. So first of all, if you would just one more time, give us a uh, just a brief overview of the Patriot Resource Center and the Jarrett Yoder Foundation. And then we'll go back and we'll make sure that everyone has the details on the, the haunted house. Joel, I'm turning it over to you. So Patriot Resource Center is owned by the Jerry Yoder Foundation. And we are veterans and community heroes serving those that serve the community, that serve our country, our nation, that allow us to have our freedoms every day. We want to make sure that they're taken care of in ways that sometimes they forget. Come see us at our haunted house. Uh, we're 1800 North Washington Avenue um, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's just a blast, and all the proceeds is going to go towards helping further the community, whether it be through college students, fire, police, or the cemetery right across the street. And again, if you could just give us the days and times, and is there an admission fee? Days and times are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the whole month of October, or 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Fridays, 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays. That is, on Saturdays and Sundays, we have the hayride. Um, admission fee is $25 for the haunted house. But if you're a college student, a veteran, first responder, frontliner, it's $20. It's a $5 discount. And the hayride, you can get as a group rate. Um, the hayride separate is $30. But if you get it with the group rate, you'll save $10. To do the haunted house and the hayride, you'll save $10. So instead of $55, it'll be $45. Then again, if you're a community hero or a veteran, um, you'll come in and spend $20 on the haunted house and $30 on a hayride, but nope, you'll get your discount and you'll be able to go through for $35. Joel, thank you so much. Again, thank you for your service. Please give Diane our big welcome. And hopefully one of these days we'll even be able to meet her and talk to her as well. So thank you, Joel, and happy haunting. 
Thank you very much, Paula. Thank you. A good scare for a great cause. Thanks to Joel Beatty with the Jared Yoder Foundation's Patriot Center Haunted House for giving us the details, and there's still time for you to enjoy. It's happening at the former Scranton State School for the Deaf on North Washington Avenue in Scranton. Now, don't go away. When we come back, October is Depression Awareness Month. Michelle Wonders, Clinical Director at Devereaux Pocono, will join us with information on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. October is Depression Awareness Month. Everyone may say they are depressed every now and then, but what exactly does it mean? How do you know if it is more than just being every now and then depressed? And what can you do about it? Michelle Wonders, Clinical Director at Devereaux Pocono, is here, and she has the information. Michelle, as always, welcome. It's been a while since we had an opportunity to talk with you, and I know things are always busy. Before we get into our discussion today, which is actually going to be about depression, let's just give our listeners a little bit of an update on the foster program. So how is that working out and what can we do to help you? It's called um, CRRS, which is Community Residential Rehabilitation Services, which is a form of therapeutic foster care. And we serve children uh, from age two all the way up to um, 18 and we're, we're always seeking uh, wonderful people that would like to help a child in need who needs stable, caring environment. Uh, we provide a lot of support for those families and children. We provide a great deal of training before the child would even be placed in their home and um, during the placement as well. So this is a, a very special program where the goal of the program is to reunify the child with their family or whoever that they were living with prior to coming into the program. So these are kids that have a documented mental health diagnosis who their family uh, need to gain some resources and some experience and training at dealing with those issues and to really stabilize the child as well so that the reunification process could take place in about six to nine months and set those families up for success so the child could remain in the home with their family. So that's where this program differs a little bit from traditional foster care where the family or there may not be a reunification a resource identified. Part of our program is to identify what that resource will be at, prior to admission so we know what our goal is to help that child be able to go back to their family. So that's really, really an important piece of just child development is to be in a stable, caring environment. And when it comes to the placements and the interviews, how have things in that area been working? We've had to modify and kind of pivot in some of our processes. Some of, you know, A good deal of our training now is through Zoom or through Teams. We use a lot of Teams and we do some of it in person. And obviously, there's an element of our onboarding process that needs to be face-to-face. We have to come out and you know, look at the home, make sure everything is up to our licensure standards and our Devereaux standards also. Uh, we do observe all COVID protocols. We do um, daily temperature screenings. We have some screening questions that we ask of our employees as well as a potential family, uh, much as you would have anywhere you might go, you know, about 
COVID symptoms or travel or things like that. So we do observe all of those COVID precautions, so to speak. As you're going through the process, we like to say that from the time we would receive an application, it would be two months until the family would be licensed and ready to accept their first placement. So along with that, we do have some sign-on bonus things going on. Uh, The first one would be once the potential provider would complete all of their training, which would be about at a month, we would shoot for that. There would be a $500 bonus. At the time, all the rest of their licensure requirements, clearances, all of those things are completed. It would be another 500. And then when there's a successful placement in their home, the third one is a $1,000 bonus. So we're trying to really help set everybody up for success with this and make sure everybody has the resources that they need. And of course, if anyone wants more information, how can they do that? They could call us at 272-228. 0374. Again, things are changing and mm-hmm. there's been so many things that have changed and so much upheaval. And that's what leads us to our topic of depression. Michelle, in all the years that I have talked about it, probably the easiest way to describe it is it's easier to go to the doctor with a broken arm and say, here it is. Here's the bone. Fix it. Depression doesn't I- work that way. No, it doesn't. And, um, you know, you can definitely look at somebody and see they have a broken bone, but depression is much more challenging to see and diagnose. And many people walk around with depression and either don't know it or other people don't know it and don't know what they're going through. So October happens to be Depression Awareness Month. And during the month of October, um, a lot of people work to educate others on the signs and symptoms of depression what some of the consequences can be, trying to do some additional depression screenings with, with individuals to, to see if they have the symptoms. And we really take October to really focus on that so that we can really identify and help people get appropriate treatment. It is a very treatable mental health condition, and uh, we really want people to, um, again, be able to approach a provider and ask for help if they're struggling and take away some of that stigma of depression and mental illness. So how do you know and what would make you go to your physician when you have an appointment and say, I think I might be depressed? Actually, one of the things that has really been good in recent years is physicians' offices have been more well-versed and and appropriately screening their patients, even patients who come in for a physical complaint to talk to them about any symptoms they might be having. So the other thing they screen for a lot is um, abuse. But they do ask. They ask questions if someone's been sad or increased tiredness, difficulty focusing or concentrating feelings of anger or irritability. Um, A big symptom of depression is loss of interest in things people once liked to do. A sleep disturbance, either sleeping too much or not sleeping enough. Very low energy, um, increased anxiety, feelings of isolation. These are all common symptoms of depression. So sometimes people can experience an event in their life that can cause them to be sad. And then most people would resolve that and move on beyond it. Depression is a more pervasive and persistent feeling that can last longer. We have been in a situation for over a year where many things are happening. Many things are changing. And 
many people are just not adapting well because there's now this pervasive undercurrent of, is it gone? Is it here? What do I do? So in that case, is it more than situational depression if it lasts for a long time, especially in this unique situation? Well, Paula, one of the things that can happen if people are in a situation for a long period of time where they um, they experience sadness or they increase stress level over a period of time is that they can they can develop depression. You know, now we call it mood dysregulation disorder, but so they can really start to feel these longer term symptoms of depression. And with everything that we have been going through in the last well, 18 plus months now that we've been um, going through the pandemic, people are having constant fears of uh, getting COVID or had had a loss of a family member or a close person due to COVID or uh, fear that they're going to lose their job or maybe they have been out of work. So they have that increased financial stress. So there's a lot of stressors uh, compounded that can really lead to, to these feelings of depression. Mental health providers at this point are um, unfortunately busier than ever. Uh, we um, are trying to really find creative ways to schedule patients, um, maybe some seeing them every other week so that we can just see more individuals for counseling and to help them navigate this. Because, you know, being able to talk to somebody and even do some problem solving, seeing what resources are out there can really help them feel more hopeful that the future is going to get better or, or even to change um, circumstances in their life. So what can we do? And a lot of people will first say, well, I don't want to get involved in any kind of drug therapy. But is that always necessary? Sometimes necessary? Where does that fit in? Well, I will just make a little disclaimer. I am not a psychiatrist and don't prescribe medication. But sometimes medication is used as an adjunct to traditional talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. So that would be a decision that the individual would need to make with the help of their physician or their psychiatrist. You know, research does show that uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is a very highly effective treatment for depression. It really can impact uh, people's thought patterns and change them into more positive thought patterns. So we really know that what you think contributes to how you feel. So if you think in a very negative way, you're more likely to feel sad and depressed. If you think more positively and more future-oriented, it can really help you feel better, help your mood lift and things like that. So reaching out to Devereaux or another mental health provider really can help with symptoms of depression. When I mentioned the drugs, sometimes people will turn to drugs, whether it be in the form of alcohol or any other non-prescription drugs, that they're trying to alleviate symptoms. And I'm guessing, Michelle, you're going to say that's not the path to take. That is absolutely not the path to take. In fact, many people turn to alcohol to try to escape their depression when, in fact, alcohol is a depressant. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but drinking alcohol will actually cause you to feel more depressed overall. So that is definitely not a mood stabilizer or a mood lifter. Many of the other drugs that people will abuse to try to escape their pain or their depression are really going to just make the situation worse. Um, there's no way around that. You know, if you're using drugs to escape, you know, depressive 
feelings or anxiety is a common reason people might turn to drugs. Your problems aren't going to go away by using drugs. It's just going to create new ones on top of them. So we definitely recommend not self-medicating and uh, going to a professional. It can be a, um, a scary first step to pick up that phone and ask for help, but uh, I've never known anybody who's regretted it. And along the same lines as picking up the phone and asking for help, when you make that first step, you also have to be honest with the person that you're speaking with. And that may be another stress point because some people don't want to talk about it because, as you mentioned in the very beginning, there's still that stigma. Right. And we are really, even by by talking with you today, trying to eliminate some of that stigma. Depression is not an uncommon thing. And um, some people have an experience with depression and recover and never have a problem with it again. So it's really important to be able to talk about it openly and uh, remove that stigma. It's an illness. It could be a chemically based illness, just like diabetes or any other um, condition that you might have. How would you know that you are over it? getting better? Are there any signs? Because you know when you're down, but how do you know when you're coming back up? I think that even just your healthcare professional, your your therapist, you know, whoever you're working with, monitoring those symptoms over time. Um, There are some very reliable checklists that can be used. Um, One's called the Beck Depression Inventory, where you can actually monitor someone's progress over time. Um, looking at their symptoms, some of the symptoms I mentioned earlier, and see how their progress is moving. Some some of it's subjective that people can say, wow, I really feel so much better. There are data-based ways, and at Devra, we really like to look at data. So we would probably use some of those more data-based um, strategies to, to monitor that progress over time. Well, I think this is one of those topics that we could continue a discussion on for Hours because there is so much involved and there's so much misinformation out there as well as good information. But I know from you, Michelle, we get the good information. If someone would like more, how would they uh, how would they find out to, about doing that? Our website is always a really great resource, and that is www.debro.org. And um, if you are looking for help. I mean, we could always call. Uh, we could refer you or um, hopefully be able to point you in the right direction if um, if we didn't have the resources on site. You know, our number here is 570-839-6140 is our number here at Deborah Pocono. Once again, thanks to Michelle Wonders, Clinical Director at Devereaux Pocono, for joining us with all the great information on depression awareness and what we can do in order to get the help that we need. I hope you'll stay with me. Coming up next on Special Edition, we're going to talk to someone from AARP. They are helping with the job search for those over 50. And it is that time of the year, decorating. So what happens if you fall? It won't make for much of a holiday season. Dawn Webster will be here and she has some good prevention advice next on Special Edition. Now on Special Edition, Susan Weinstock, VP of Financial Resilience for AARP with job help for those over 50. Susan, let's get started. We're going to talk about getting back into the workforce and we're talking older workers 
50 and older, that's a huge section of the population, Susan. That's right. That's about a third of the workforce uh, is, is 50 and older. That's exactly right. And when we're talking about getting back into the workforce now that people are slowly coming out of what happened during the pandemic, what are you seeing as far as that population is concerned? We're worried about is unemployment and long-term unemployment specifically. Uh, We know that uh, when someone uh, who's over the age of 50 has been unemployed, it takes them longer to double the time to find a new job as it does a younger worker. And even when they get that new job, uh, they don't make the same salary that they made before. They, they make less. So that, that's, that re- that's research we did after the Great Recession. So right now, of the older population who are unemployed, half of them are uh, long-term unemployed, meaning they've been out of work for six months or more. So it's going to be hard to get back into that workforce. And that is, is a big concern for ARP. And what are you suggesting then, Susan, as far as AARP is concerned for those workers to start or maybe look into getting involved with? Well, this is a great time to start thinking about, you know, re-careering or, you know, making sure that you're retaining your skills or upskilling. And we are launching our new skills builder for work. Uh, It's at aarp.org slash work skills. It's a self-paced online learning platform with courses that can help you grow your career um, and any speed that fits your schedule. You can earn certificates. Uh, you can learn marketable skills that are in demand right now. We are even offering three courses. We're offering the Microsoft Office Suite, uh, PowerPoint, uh, Word, and Excel for free. So if you've been working in some sort of a a warehouse job or a retail job, and you're saying, I don't want to do that anymore. I want an office job. Those are three uh, skills that are really critical in today's workforce. So we're offering those for free so people can put those on their resume, trained in Microsoft Office, Word, PowerPoint, and Excel. Uh, We're also offering courses in uh, building your personal creativity uh, and and remote work, work and how to make the best of remote work. All of those, the courses I'm just mentioning are are free for anyone who wants to use them. One of the other things, too, that you're mentioning there are a lot of skills that for many workers are, they're pretty foreign because they've never had that type of training before and things have been moving so quickly during the pandemic. Do you find that that age group is having a tougher time or are they embracing this kind of new technology? When the, the research that we've done about training and older workers, what we've heard is that um, actually two-thirds have taken some kind of skill training in the past few years, and a quarter of them had taken computer or other technology training. Uh, so we know that this is an, a type of skill that they want to learn, and that older workers just generally are very interested in retaining their skills, building their skills. Um, continue to be relevant in the workforce. You were mentioning the fact that you have these free building classes online that, uh, you know, some of them are free. Some of them are for a, a discount available for AARP members. What else do you have online that people might be able to get in information from? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. We are offering our online career expo. So go to aarp.org slash online career expo. We're going to have uh, featured employers. We're going to have discussions. Uh, people can uh, to network with each other. 
there. Uh, we were going to have uh, uh, someone from uh, two experts from Indeed talking about the job market. We're going to have uh, uh, representatives from the Chambers of Commerce talking about the kinds of uh, workers that their members are looking for. We're going to have someone from the Office of Personnel Management and from FEMA talking about what government work is like and how to get a job in the government. Uh, there's going to be uh, resources and tips uh, on, on all different sorts of, of, of things. We're also going to have the opportunity to, to ask a question of a career, uh, a, a career coach and even uh, maybe get a 20-minute uh, consultation with a career coach also for free. And is this going to be put up on your website after the fact in case somebody might not be able to watch it live? Absolutely. You can watch it on demand. Again, it's aarp.org slash online career expo. One of the other things, too, that I've talked to AARP about and probably you in the uh, not too distant past was the fast fact that you have a free job board available. Now, is that just certain areas or is that the entire country? How does that work? It's in the entire country. Um, and part of our job board is all free. Uh, we have our uh, employer pledge program participants. So these are employers that have said they have embraced Older workers, they said they value them, they value a multi-generational workforce, and they hire based on ability regardless of age. It's the law, so it's not a heavy lift, but we think having these employers come out and say that is really important. And on our job board, you can actually search just of those companies that are hiring. Um, so there's a special little logo that they get for being a pledge signer, and if a, if a job seeker wants to just search for those employers, you can do that. There's also a Veterans Wanted search that you can do instead. Uh, and so there's lots of different ways you can look at uh, what the jobs that we have posted. One of the other things I always hate to mention, but it's a fact in this world, is age discrimination. And if anyone is facing that, what should they do? Well, it's, it's a problem and it's actually getting worse, we're finding from our survey research, which is, is really, really disheartening. So uh, in May of twenty of this year of 2021, uh, we did a survey and 78% of older workers said that they have seen or experienced age discrimination in the workforce. And that's the highest number we've seen since ARP began tracking this, uh, this question in 2003. And when we asked this question in 2018, 61% gave us this response. So it's a, it's a big jump in number. So, you know, if you're, if you think that you're the victim of age discrimination, you need to, if possible, if you feel comfortable and it feels appropriate, talk to your supervisor about it. Um, keep a log. Make sure that you're documenting any comments or actions. Lodge, lodge a complaint with your HR department if you, again, if you feel that that's appropriate. Um, you could talk to somebody at the American Bar Association uh, in case you think you might need to get a lawyer. Um, they have free services at ABAFreeLegalAnswers.org, and you can ask a lawyer a question about your, your case. And you can submit an inquiry to the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They're the government agency that oversees uh, this sort of thing, and and then and then they'll take it from there. But the first step is before you file a case, you have to submit an inquiry to the EEOC. Um, and then we would love perhaps to have folks support the Protect Older Workers Against Discrimination Act, which is a, a bill that has to have representatives in Congress. It's still sitting, waiting uh, for action in the Senate. And it would make age discrimination on the same level of, of, of proof as other forms of discrimination. Right now, uh, because of an earlier Supreme Court decision, it's actually at a lesser. You have to prove, you have to really work hard to prove your age discrimination case. And we would like to see that 
changed so that the law is, is, makes it equivalent to other sorts of discrimination that someone might be a victim to. Susan, always a pleasure. Always happy to hear from AARP. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too, Susan. Thanks, Susan. And it's always a pleasure to speak with any of the representatives from AARP. You can find out all their information at aarp.org. Now, getting ready to decorate. But don't fall. Don Webster, Advanced Practice Clinician Director with MedExpress, has some good advice for preventing falls. Dawn, I can't believe it. We're into fall and that is one of the time for, and it sounds very silly coming out of my mouth this way, for falls because so many things are changing. So what can we do? Um, Let's start with just talking about a couple of factors that do contribute to falls that people should be aware of. So one of the first ones is strength and balance. As we get older, we do lose some strength. Our balance isn't quite the same because we lose our core strength. So one of the things that is good to do is to start incorporating some strength and balance exercises into your day. So it could be Pilates, yoga, um, really any type of core strengthening exercises is going to help with your balance in general. Also, again, as people get older, their vision changes. We like you to see the eye doctor every year. Make sure if you have eyeglasses, if the prescription's correct. Um, And then the other thing we like to talk about are the bifocals, those progressive lenses. And sometimes when you're first getting used to those, actually distort your vision a little bit because of that change in the lens. And it can actually make you fall or trip or stumble. So just kind of be aware of that. Be extra cautious at first. Also kind of keep that in mind that if you are outside walking or, you know, hiking, you may want to get prescription sunglasses so that you can wear sunglasses outside and still have your vision corrected. Are there people who are more predisposed to falls than there might be others that should be extra cautious? Anyone who is elderly, they are absolutely, as we talked about, the decrease in core strength, the decrease in um, balance and stability. Also, Little kids, babies, toddlers that are just starting to walk with the little kids that are running all over the place because they're just always so excited and they have so much energy. Um, they are absolutely more at risk for falls. And then also you have to um, remember that there are certain medications that can, can make you more at risk for falling. So definitely talk to your doctor or your pharmacist and make sure any of the medications you're on aren't ones that can predispose you to dizziness. One of the other things, too, is when you mentioned being outdoors, what about being indoors, especially now that we are, you know, thing the heat's coming back on again and people are going to be inside? Are there things that we should be able to fall-proof our home? Yes, absolutely. So some of the things you worry about inside the house are things like carpet that is kind of either starting to tear or wear in spots and become uneven or um, rugs. Sometimes rugs bunch up or or if you don't have the rug gripper underneath, they can be extra slippery. And then also if you have kids, the toys that they leave everywhere on the stairs in front of the doors, sometimes they come in the house, kick off their shoes. So you want to make sure that you keep everything off the floors, especially if you're going to have someone in your house that isn't used to things like that. So if grandma or grandpa are coming over or an aunt or an uncle, um, you know, be really diligent about picking things up. And then we all love them, but pets. 
pets are notorious for going around your legs, going through your legs, making people trip and fall. So another thing is, you know, watch out for those pets. Well, I don't want to jump the seasons here, but of course we are getting into again the time where we're indoors and we're going to be doing more decorating. And sometimes those extension cords can also get in the way. Yes, extension cords can get in the way if people are up on ladders. They're going to be more at risk for falling if they're up on ladders decorating the tree or hanging wreaths or garland or really anything, even changing light bulbs is dangerous and you really have to be careful. Um, So one of the things we like to say is if you are in the house and you are decorating up on ladders, make sure you put good shoes on. You don't want to do it in bare feet, especially not socks because socks are extra slippery. So if you are going to be climbing ladders indoors or even standing on chairs to do things, make sure you have good shoes on with good non-slippery soles. Um, Absolutely never, ever do it in any type of shoe with a heel. And just make sure that you're really paying attention and, and really focusing. Don't try to multitask. Don't try to, you know, listen to an audiobook while you're decorating. Really focus on what you're doing. So what happens if you do fall and... Sometimes we fall and we are it's totally accidental or what are there things that we should do first as soon as something like that happens? Yes. So if you do fall, don't just try to jump right up. Lay down, relax, kind of take a mental inventory. Take a couple of deep breaths, make sure you're calm down and just really think before you try to move. Is there anything that is really hurting. You don't want to jump back up because if you did twist your ankle or even break an ankle, if you jump up, you can re-injure it or even injure it worse. So take a couple of deep breaths, try to relax, and then determine, you know, am I, am I hurt? Am I not hurt? Is it a potential injury? So very slowly, you can turn onto your side. And the other problem is if you jump up too fast, you can get dizzy. So turn over to your side. Whatever side, you know, you're most comfortable with, depending on where you fall, and slowly go up to a kneeling position. If you feel okay, you can proceed to to stand up, but try to hold on to something just in case, because even though you're getting up slowly, you can still have a blood pressure drop, which is going to make you dizzy, and you actually may even fall again. So once you're standing, sit down, and then take another inventory. Does anything feel injured? Now. The one thing that I need to mention that is extra um, extra dangerous is elderly people that are on blood thinners. If they fall and hit their head, they can actually have bleeding in their head and not realize it. So if anyone is on any type of blood thinner, you have to be extra diligent about getting them checked just to make sure, even though they may feel fine, you have to make sure that everything is okay. Um, you can't look at it, at someone and say, oh, they have a head injury. There's really no way to tell by looking at someone. You really do have to take them and get them evaluated and have testing done. So it's probably uh, just a good precaution that if someone does fall, whether they are or not on blood thinners to have them go and get checked out. Yes. So if they fall and they hit their head and have any type of loss of consciousness, dizziness, vomiting, um, for vision, anything like that, you absolutely want to take them and get them checked. And it doesn't have to happen immediately, right? 
No, it doesn't. You know, a lot of times, but just, you know, the impact of the fall, it kind of gets your adrenaline going. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. A couple hours later, wow, my head really hurts or I just don't feel well or, you know, they're starting to feel dizzy. So yeah, absolutely. It doesn't happen. It doesn't always happen right away. And that can also go with the other portions of the body that may it may not feel injured in the very beginning, but then the next day start to turn black and blue or even hurt even worse. Because sometimes we just think, oh, it's because I've, I'm not that uh, I'm not that pliable anymore and I've fallen <laughs> and it, you know, I've pulled a muscle or something, but that you should pay attention to what your body's telling you. Absolutely. Necks and backs, especially if you fall and twist them the wrong way. A lot of times at first they feel okay. However, after you get up the next day from sleeping all night, that's when it really sets in and you're like, I must have really, you know, twisted wrong or landed on something. Okay. Dawn, anything else that you think that maybe we should let our listeners know? Um, I would say just, you know, remember always check your shoes, make sure they're tied, make sure they're safe. If it's slippery or wet outside, make sure that they have good bottoms and that they're not worn. They don't have heels and just um, be diligent about trying to pick things up off the floor, especially if you're going to be having company. A good idea. And when you're picking something up off the floor, bend at the knees, not at the waist. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for listening to special edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.